you hit your bottom, if you hit the worst place in the world, how do you pull yourself up? In a couple minutes, Ken Rabin, a hypnotist and author of the book, If It's Not True, Why Do I Believe It's Going to Be On? He hit a bottom. He, he, got it, he got it rough, baby. He was very successful, lost it all. What do you do when you're down there? How do you pull yourself out? And maybe right now you're in that situation in a relationship, or maybe it's with your physical health. Maybe you're extremely overweight, or maybe you have some health issues, and you feel like you're down on your knees, and you don't know what to do next. It could be financially. Maybe you're at this place financially you haven't been in a long time, or maybe you've been there in a long time, and you're not sure what to do. We're going to find out what Ken did to pick himself back up. And as a hypnotist, how did he get there? As a guy who's been in the world of motivation, how did he get to that bottom? You know, it's so true in our work is we often teach what we need, most need to, to learn ourselves. And learning the techniques to help ourselves heal can be very difficult, people in this type of work. So I want to find out from Ken what he did, what led him to the downfall, and then what he did to bring himself back up. We'll be talking to him in just a minute. Of course, you're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show, David Essel Alive, 22 years on the air. We are with iHeartRadio, proud to be here, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Premier Radio Network is our syndication group, and our toll-free number, one 800 548 talk 1-800-548-TALK. If you want to text us during the show, it's 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. So as I mentioned just a minute ago, Ken Rabin is our guest, author of the book, If It's Not True, Why Do I Believe It? Ken, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. Glad to be here. Yeah, so, okay, you were successful. You lost it. How did you lose it all? What happened? Oh, gosh, well, some of it's really... Uh, kind of embarrassing, but ultimately what it came down to is um, the person I was married to at the time and I, as it turned out, our basic goals and drives and wants and needs were not the same. We had thought they were, but they weren't. And <clears throat> over time, um, some things happened that were just uh, intolerable without going into details that I'm not really permitted to go into legally. Um, <clears throat> I wound up with uh, no family, no home, no job, uh, no money, which is you know, how I wound up moving. I had to borrow $500 from a friend, mm. load a few belongings on a motorcycle, and head out somewhere. Really what happens is you lose sight somewhere along the way of what matters to you, if you ever had sight of it. Mm-hmm. You, you begin to accept someone else's view or the view of several other people as to what you should want or what you ought to want. And before you know it, if you're not careful, you've moved so far away from what you really are all about that uh, you wake up one day and you realize this is not who I am, this is not where I want to be. So you start making the trip back. And if you're in a relationship with someone and they've known you all these years, as you, you know, were, were the person who wanted much what they want, then, of course, they're understandably upset because to them it seems like you're changing the rules in the middle of the game. Sure. Uh, you know, and you didn't ask them if you could change the rules. And, uh, well, you just saw that you were living someone else's life or dream, not your own. Is that what you're saying? It is indeed. Yeah. 
So how long did it take you? So you're at this bottom. You have uh-huh. you have to borrow five hundred dollars. You you get on your motorcycle. You live move to another state. How long did it take you before? I'm gonna and it's gonna be a two part answer. Number one, you reconnected with yourself, and number two, you actually started to recreate success in your life. Um, the reconnecting with myself came first uh, because I, at least in my case, there was no way to recreate success before I could reconnect it with myself. And it probably took, oh, probably a good six months or so um, before I was able to do that. For some people, it takes longer. Some people, I think, are able to do it much more quickly. For me, it took about six months. Once I reconnected with myself, once I I was aware again of, of who I am and what I wanted and what I'm all about, then I was able almost immediately to start doing things to move in that direction. Yeah, uh, but, and and what are some of those? And Ken, when, when when you're reconnecting with yourself, what were the some of the steps that you took to have that reconnection take place? Well, <clears throat> because I'm a, a coach and hypnotist, and someone who was a, a good friend of mine had suggested at some point that I should follow a lot of my own advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I thought, well, you know, that's a pretty good idea. I've told a lot of people that over the years. Let me give that a try. Um, so I used, I, I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of journaling. Um, I put a lot of stuff down on my planner. And I did a lot of uh, meditation, a lot of self-hypnosis, uh, kind of taking myself back in the direction that I had been going uh, at one time in the direction I really wanted to go. Once I did that, I got some real clarity again on who I am, what I'm about, what I want. And, and once you do that... You know, people. A lot of people ask, "How do you how do you get there?" And, but the how is not really hard once you you again have that clarity on on who you are and what sure. you're about. Um, yeah. uh, and in you know what so many people call your why. Once you have those, the how you go about it is easy, and most of the time, probably it doesn't much matter. You just have to get to the point that you know who you are and what you're about and what matters. That's the hard mm-hmm. part. Yeah. That's and def- def- you up at night. Yeah. yeah. Define hypnotherapy. What is it? Hypnotherapy. <clears throat> hypnotherapy, or, or, or just hypnosis in, in the way I use it, is just a tool that we use to deal with the fact that the subconscious mind is resistant to change. And so we help a person uh, have a hypnotic experience, which is a normal human experience. And while they are having that hypnotic experience, we use the tool of hypnosis to make suggestions specific to them that are tailored to them and their subconscious to bring about the change that they want to make to get the answers that usually are already within them. Yeah. And in this, in in hypnosis, to get to that state, is it merely a relaxed state or is it something different than a relaxed state? And that's a good question because if you ask 50 different hypnotists, you'll probably get 50 different answers. Um, I think, first of all, relaxation is not necessary for hypnosis. You Mm. can do hypnotic work without it. And, in fact, um, the hypnotic experience is one that people can enter whether they're relaxed or not. Um, In some highly emotionally charged situations, people become so focused on one thing that they're unaware of anything else. Well, they're certainly not relaxed, but they are arguably in a hypnotic experience. Gotcha. So 
relaxation yeah. is not inherently necessary. You do it a lot because people expect it. Gotcha. Yeah, right. That makes a lot of sense. And then what's the difference between like a hypnosis with a practitioner such as yourself and self-hypnosis? Is self-hypnosis as effective? As a rule, self-hypnosis can be effective for some things. It's not effective for everything. And the reason is <clears throat> that when I do self-hypnosis, I certainly am going to use the suggestions that I've tailored to myself. The limitation is that the the mindset and the subconscious mind and the habits and all those things that, that got me into a situation that I'm trying to change are still there, so they're not always amenable or real useful for getting me out. So in, in those circumstances, then I, I might need the assistance of a, uh, of a hypnotist, a hypnotherapist, to, to provide that, that other person perspective and that other person guidance and help so that I'm not uh, still limited by my own subconscious because if it's if it's my mind and the way i think they got me into a situation then there's some limited ability of my mind and the way i think to get me out absolutely we're going to come back in a moment my guest ken raymond author of the book a hypnotist and author of the book if it's not true why do i believe it we're going to ask him some questions too about is hypnotherapy equally effective for everyone can anyone be hypnotized? Are there certain conditions that are more readily changed with hypnotherapy than others? I'll be talking to Ken more about this when we come back. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. More information on the show, tons of information on the show at talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Back in a moment. Yeah, welcome to the new you. If you want to change your life, you can. And this program for 22 years has been interviewing people like Ken Rabin here to give you information on how to create that new life that you so desperately want, need, desire, crave, whatever the words are. 1-800-548-TALK. David Essel in the box. America's Positive Radio Talk Show. iHeartRadio is where you're listening right now. And hey, listen to this. This evening, actually in probably about an hour, all of the shows from today, all of our interviews, Lorna Byrne from Ireland, who was on first, talking about near-death experiences and heaven, Brian Cunningham, who was in our second hour, talking about the brain and stress and the product Gabitrol to help calm the brain, and Ken Raymond today talking, the hypnotist, talking about hypnotherapy and self-hypnosis and changing your life. It's all going to be available on archives at talkdavid.com in just a little while. So if you're listening to the show and you go, oh, my Lord, my family needs to hear this. My friends need to hear it. Let them know. They can come back and listen to the archives anytime. Ken, is is hypnotherapy effective for everyone, or is there a certain type of person that it is more effective for? It is effective for, broadly speaking, for anybody who is willing for it to be effective for them. If you have someone who is not quite sure that they really want to change. If you have someone who's not committed to doing the work that change requires, because there is no tool, hypnosis or otherwise, that eliminates the need to work to bring about our change. I am so glad you said that, Ken. <laughs> oh, my. my clients aren't. And yeah. so within those limits, uh, <laughs> pretty much everybody is, is amenable to hypnosis as a way of helping bring about change. 
you know, there are some groups that I typically don't work with because, you know, with various psychoses and things like that, because the kind of change that I help people bring about is not what they need right now. They need something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But broadly speaking, anybody who's likely to walk into my office or give me a call, hypnosis can help. If yeah. they want it. And are there certain conditions that are easier to to help someone fix who's willing to do the work? I love that you said that. Are there certain conditions that are more amenable to positively reacting to hypnosis? Well, <clears throat> that probably depends uh, a lot on the particular hypnotist. Some hypnotists have great success with certain things. Some have uh, relatively limited success with the same things. Uh, in part, that's because of, of who your clients are. Uh, not every hypnotist or hypnotherapist is suitable for every client. Uh, things that certainly lend themselves most obviously to hypnosis. We talk about things like smoking cessation. We talk about weight loss. But other things are, are out there that are can be very effectively dealt with, whether it's a person who can't do his job speaking publicly because he has new dentures and his gag reflex is so strong that he can, can't wear them so he can't speak publicly, that's a pretty easy, most of the time, that's a pretty easy thing to Well, let's, let's, let's go right there. Well, first, I'm going to give out your website. It's KenRabin.com, K-E-N-R-A-B-O-N, K-E-N-R-A-B-O-N.com. Ken, let's go to public speaking because that is a huge fear of so many people. Talk about how hypnosis could help someone with a public speaking, a fear of. Certainly. One of the first things we talk about when we sit down with somebody who says, hey, I'm terrified of public speaking. Can you help me? And say, sure. Can you tell me, you know, you get some history. Have you done public speaking before? What happened? Is there anything specific that's happened maybe that sort of contributed to it? You want to deal with that. And then once you start the, before you actually do the in-hypnosis work, you do some just basic talk. You want to talk about the fact that, hey, look, you know, the people in the audience as a rule, aren't really there to do anything bad to you. They're there to listen to you talk. They want to hear what Mm -hmm. you have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've prepared, then you probably know more about the topic than anybody else there. So there's there's that that's that's in your favor. The other thing then you you work on is, hey, you need to feel confident and you want to feel good about yourself. Then you go into hypnosis. And then you talk about things like self-confidence, building someone's self-esteem. You want them to feel good about themselves. And you really push hard on that. And then you can deal with the specifics of public speaking. You let them see themselves, using their, their imagination, because imagination is the language of hypnosis. So you right. use their imagination right. and use these vivid images and powerful phrases of, of them standing perhaps in front of an audience, perhaps a smaller one at first and maybe bigger ones in different situations. And in these, these images, they have such, such command of the audience and so much knowledge of their topic and they're so confident, and you do that, and you push it hard, and you build it. And you do that sort of thing so that when they approach the public speaking opportunity, you've also taught them how to relax and how to use that energy they have, and so they can get rid of some of that tension that might keep them from being able to speak and take it and channel it into their presentation itself. And now instead of having someone perhaps who seems scared and unsure and not confident, you can have someone who is confident. You can even have someone who now is suddenly becoming amazingly dynamic and powerful when they make their presentations. And how much practice on a daily basis outside of the hypnotherapy session, how much practice would someone have to go through 
on a daily basis with the tools that you would give them in order to tap into that confidence and release that fear and release that anxiety? I would tell probably most of my clients, because I teach all of my clients self-hypnosis as well, I would tell my clients two to three times per day you need to practice your self-hypnosis and whatever the suggestions and affirmations are that we've worked out that are designed specifically for you, once you are in that self-induced hypnotic experience, you go through those affirmations, you go through those suggestions, and you do that two to three times a day, every day, uh, for probably two to three weeks, and you do it at at different times of the day, you do it Mm -hmm. in different places, and you do it that way so that you can use it anytime you need to. So and in, in, in that, in that self-hypnosis and utilizing the, the phrases, the affirmations, and we've got about a minute and a half here, Ken, mm-hmm. what is the amount of time, two or three times a day, that someone would have to apply these techniques for those two to three weeks before they would sink in and alter the subconscious so they could go on and perform at the level they wanted to? Uh, for most people, you're looking at 12 to 15 minutes, two to three times a day. Okay, so that's not very much. It's not like no. they're going out and running marathons or something. No, not right. at okay. all. It has to be something that someone can use in their life. And if you're looking at hours on end, people can't use that. Everybody's tight for time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, a minute left. I saw this story about a woman 81 years old that you had worked <laughs> with who wanted to get married at 81. You got 60 seconds. Tell us what happened. Margaret was a special ed teacher. She was 81. She had outlived her husband. She was financially secure, but she was living by herself, and she was thinking, maybe I want to get married again. And she said, you know what, if I get married again, I think it would be great to marry a millionaire. She said, but I don't know any. So she happened to meet me. She asked what I did. She said, hey, do you think you can help me? I said, maybe. Come to my (laughs) office, we'll see. And we sat down, and I listened to her talk about what she wanted, and it sort of sounded clear to me that she really wasn't all that interested in getting married, but she was exploring the possibility. So I, using some hypnotic tools and some other tools that I use as a coach, we just kind of worked her through. She went through her values and things like that, did some hypnosis work, and she decided ultimately, you know what, I don't think I want to put up with another husband. I think I'm pretty happy how I am, and her passion is teaching. She wants to teach until she's 90, and then she wants to travel for the rest of her life. So so she got so through this work with you she got clear and what the perceived goal was she found out wasn't the real goal. No it wasn't. She was just just sort of searching. She wasn't quite sure and she'd been married for a yeah. long time and she'd been used to that and she thought that well there's something I want I'm not quite sure what it is. Hey maybe it's this. And you know if right. she was going to get married again a millionaire sounded like a good idea. Sure, sure. I love it. Ken, I want to thank you for being part of the show. Ken Rabin, Ken E K E N R A B O N for more information on him, his book and his work. And hey, Ken, wishing you the best of success. Glad that you came back from your bottom and you're doing so great. Thank you so much, David. It's been great being here and life is so much better now. I can imagine it is. Have a great night. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. More information on the show at talkdavid.com. Remember, right after this break, we're coming back with your emails, your texts. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel. Stay there.
Having a little fun on a Saturday night. Every Saturday, of course, we're here having fun. We're enjoying ourselves. Hope that you are, too. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in and being part of the show. Of course, David Essel Alive is where you are, America's positive radio talk show. Celebrating 22 years on the air, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. iHeartRadio is where we are. Proud to be part of the premier radio network. Toll free. If you have a thought, you have a question, you've got something going on in your life, with your love life, with your body, with an addiction, with money that isn't working for you, call us. 1-800-548-TALK. Tons of people love to text. I'm always, I don't, I don't text Hardly at all. I've never really gotten into that too much, but I know so many people do. So if you want to text me and we'll read your question or your comments on the air, one or 941-266-7676, I'm going to be going through a series of emails here as we're talking through and something triggers you, get involved. Text or call 1-800-548-TALK. We have a 10-year-old daughter who swears constantly in school. Uh, The teachers are very concerned. I'm a single mom struggling to make ends meet. Not sure where this is coming from. Well, you know, most of the behaviors that our children have, I know this is not going to be good news for you, but most of them come from the environment from which they're raised. Now, not all. I didn't say all, but I did say most. So one of the things I would ask is, you say you're a single mom, uh, is her father in the picture, number one? Does he use language, 10 years old, does he use language of profanity? Do you use language of profanity? I've worked with uh, single moms in the past that they have gotten so comfortable with profanity that they never really think about what they're saying and when they get upset with their children or they're on the phone and the child is in the back seat and they're swearing up and down and then the child starts to use those words, they're absolutely shocked. But it's only because they've become so comfortable with that language that they don't realize they're using it daily in front of their children. So my very first thing is you. My very second question would be your husband, her father or former husband. You know, next is what is uh, what is it that she likes to watch, to listen to, and to read? You know, are you monitoring the music she's listening to? Are you monitoring what she's viewing online? If you don't have any boundaries and consequences in regards to what she watches, what she reads, what she views online, then there's a good chance that that could be, again, part of her environment, that she's picking up lingo information. Um, have you asked her directly? You know, have you pulled her aside and said, what is going on? You know, I do. does mommy talk like that? Is that where you're getting it from? Where are you getting this language from? I would ask her, you know, directly. Um, if she don't feel that she's telling the truth, you know, in regards to how much she says and what she says, then obviously you're going to have to have a teacher's conference with her in the room, I would recommend, to get to the bottom of it. And then remember this. A lot of children that act out through the use of uh, language like this have intense anger, submerged anger. So she could have submerged anger in regards to you and your husband divorcing. I wonder how long ago that was, right? She could have submerged anger simply at you. She could have anger at herself. So I would get to the bottom of it and find out, like, what's going on? Where is the anger coming from? There's a damn good chance there is quite a bit of anger there. And so... Figure that out. Find that out. 
five for a talk. Before I go on, I just want to thank everyone so much for all of the texts and all the emails that you send to us. We really appreciate it. Keep them coming. You can always email us at talkdavid.com. Of course, you know that. Talkdavid.com. Uh, I'm, here's the next one. I'm stuck financially at the same income for five years. I'm a massage therapist. I have great clients, but I'm trying to figure out why money is so elusive. Well, you know, just a couple minutes ago, we had Ken Rabin on The Hypnotist, and I'm going to say this, is that most of our blocks in life are belief-based. So the beliefs are the number one reason why we can't lose the weight. I mean, as long as we're doing the work, okay? So you say you're doing the work, that you have great clients, you work hard, but you've had the same income for five years. So let's say it's not a work ethic. With some people, they wonder why they're not making more money and it's really easy to figure it out. They're not working hard enough. But let's say that you are. You've got great clients. You say you work really hard. So my number one guess would be that it's a belief system. So you may not be feel worthy of making more money. A lot of people in the healing world, massage therapists, uh, acupuncturists, Reiki healers, they have this belief system that it's not important for healers to make a lot of money. As a matter of fact, they might have a belief system that it's not healthy to be wealthy. That I have this gift from God or I have this gift that I use to help people heal. But I don't necessarily need to be repaid in money. And that's erroneous. I mean, if you're a really good massage therapist, why shouldn't you make a million dollars a year? And I'm not teasing, right? So... I wonder if you could radically raise your fee. Like, let's let's see what the belief system is. If I say to you, I think you should double your fee tomorrow, does that make you cringe? So you would say, double my fee, but David, in the town I live in, or my current clients would leave me, or whatever it might be. But what if they didn't? And what if doubling your fee proved to yourself that you're worthy of making more money? Wouldn't it be worth trying? Are you afraid to double it? Because if you were, that might say to me, hmm, there's a belief there that you're not worthy of making more money because you don't even want to increase your income. What about on Saturdays and Sundays doubling your fee? You know, there's all kinds of ways to start to look at this to shatter the old belief system. Um, mark, market yourself aggressively. Are you? A lot of people in the healing professions are shy when it comes to marketing. They don't think self-promotion is good. And as a matter of fact, I want to say this. We have this amazing seminar coming up, Change Your Life Now, five hours. It's November 9th. It's a Saturday. Five hours for $27, and you can join it from anywhere in the USA via teleconference, or you can join us in person at the live event, which are going to be held around the country. But you can join us from anywhere via teleconference. Go to talkdavid.com. If I were you, because this is one of the things we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about belief systems, I would get heavily involved with belief work. Or contact me at talkdavid.com and I'll take you through some things to see, you know, like what beliefs are underneath that. And, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, whether it's we're talking about money or I mentioned a little while ago, if you really struggle with losing weight or you really struggle in your intimate relationships, there's a good chance that belief systems are off. The subconscious as the great Eldon Taylor, who I love so much, we've had him on the show many times has said, and Dr. Joe Dispenza said this, and Dr. Joe Vitale has said this too, that 90% of our thoughts and our actions are run by the subconscious. 
underneath the conscious, which means you're not deciding to sabotage your success with money or love or your weight, but it's happening for you because you don't feel worthy of creating the life you want. So if we don't get to that subconscious and change it, which again, I'm going to repeat this, can't be done with the conscious mind thinking. Like you can't say, I'm going to be a positive thinker, I'm going to make more money and have it happen. We actually have to do action steps into the uncomfortable to shift the subconscious, the work that needs to be done to alter it. And once that's done, the weight starts to come off, the money starts to come in, the relationship changes, or you start to meet somebody who is like totally cool and into you as much as you are into them. And the shift always begins interiorly before we see the change in the outside world. But I'm going to say this again because it's a big part of our work. We cannot positively think ourselves to a new life. We have to be willing to do the work that challenges that subconscious thought process, and that is just crucial. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Or text. we got text coming in right now. 941-266-7676. So glad that you're with us. More information at talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. on this beautiful Saturday evening, regardless of where you are, I hope things are going well right now. And if they're not going well, I hope you're going to start making some changes to have that happen. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Live, Studio E in Los Angeles is our home. And we're just so happy you're with us. 1-800-548-TALK. And our text number is 941-266-7676. At the break, we had several people text in about success, belief systems, and making money from Pennsylvania. The only thing that led me to make more money was hiring a coach who held me accountable. I would never have done the work he has asked me to do. This is so crucial. From Massachusetts, it took me two years of hard work to see a change in my money. Do not give up. Work hard. There's no easy way to great success. Thank you both very, very much. That is Wonderful wisdom from both of you. Uh, You know, the other thing that we have to remember is that there's so much in society that tells us or tries to encourage us to think that there's an easy way to something great. You know, isn't that our whole society? It's, oh, my Lord, you know, this CD system is going to change your life. This DVD system is going to change your life. And I'm not saying that they can't be helpful, but really what's going to change your life is the effort that you put out there. Again, if it's money, oh my Lord, if you're not willing to do the uncomfortable, like look at your expenses and cut way down on your expenses. If you're not willing to start there, there's no way you could be successful, right? There's just no way you could be. I'm being sincere. You know, like you might go, oh, no, 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 no. It's about making more money, but not first it isn't. 
if your belief system is I just need to make more money and everything will be fine, that belief is going to shoot you in the foot. Because what's going to happen is as you make more money, if you don't understand expenses, you're going to spend more money. Hello? Think about it. Think about it, right? It's like, think about it. But all these people have a tendency to think it's just about making more money, but that's not financial freedom. Financial freedom is making a decision to not spend when you'd really like to, to not buy when you really like to. Don't reward yourself with money. Never reward yourself with money if you're trying to learn how to save money and make money. Do the opposite. Reward yourself by not buying something. Doesn't that make sense? One eight, and thank you for your text. That was wonderful. Nine four one two six six seven six seven six. Nine four one is a text. Two six six seven six seven six. Toll free one eight hundred five four eight. Talk. Um, next in. Why do I choose bad boys to date? I love this question. We have a YouTube on video, as a matter of fact, that. That is all about this. If you go to uh, YouTube and in the search box put David Essel, you can put after my name any title, love, relationships, money, bad boys, and that will bring you up to our 450 videos on these different topics. So why do I choose bad boys to date? Um, They end up treating me poorly. The last three relationships have ended with drunken, drunken curses, screaming, even pushing me. I know by listening to you, I have a role too. Yes, you do have a role. So why do you like the chaos and drama? That would be my first question. Is it the adrenaline rush? Do you like the challenge? Do you think you're going to save these guys? You know, do you like all, you know, even though he drinks a lot or even though he does this and even though he sees other women and doesn't tell me and I catch him, he's got such a good heart. You know, do you... Are you in denial about your role? I know you said you you know you have a role, but that would be one. It's like you're attracting them, so there's something about you that you think maybe you can heal them, number one. Number two, there could be a belief system that you're not worthy of a good guy to treat you well. So you're going to continue to attract guys that are idiots. And you look and you say, okay, this guy drank a lot and that guy drank a lot and this and they all cheated on me and... You know, this guy took borrowed money and never paid me back. And you look at this whole role and you go, wait a second. That could very well say that I don't think I deserve a great guy. You know, you're not emotionally ready maybe for a healthy relationship until you get to the bottom of some of this stuff. Another thing could be is that, you know, you don't trust men. What was your relationship with your father? What is it currently like? You know, did you not trust your dad? Brothers, what other male role models in your life did you not trust? Because you're attracting men that are not trustworthy. So that says something about your belief system with men, doesn't it? You know, I look again at belief systems. You know, if you're attracting bad boys, of course there's an adrenaline rush that's exciting. Some of them might be an alpha male that excites you. Some of them are just idiots. <laughs> You know, it's just so true, right? Let's get to the core. But I would look at your role more so than their roles, totally. 1-800-548-TALK or text us, 941-266-7676. I do not have time for 30 to 45 minutes of cardio daily. For my weight loss issues and my heart health, I want to do this. But if there's no time, there's no time. What do you recommend? Um... 
25 years ago, a study came out talking about how 10 minutes, four times a day, had the same effect on weight loss as one 40-minute cardio session. So I would say break it up into 10 minutes four times a day. Get that 40 minutes in. It has to be brisk. It can't be strolling. It has to be brisk. Walking or running or something in order to get that same cardio effect, right? That same calorie burning effect. But don't worry if you can't get it all in at the same time because uh, four 10-minute sessions a day will do the same thing weight-wise. Sound good? My gosh, there's more and more coming in. We're not going to be able to get to everything today as usual. But why is sugar next? Why is sugar getting such a bad rap? As a kid, we ate sugar cereals, had dessert at every meal. Uh, I'm average weight as a 50-year-old woman. Uh, No health problems. Why the concern? Well, let me share this. You say you're average weight, so that's not good. I'm just going to be honest with you. Most of us who say we're average weight, we're overweight. I have yet to meet a person that says, yeah, I'm average weight, and that they weren't overweight. So there's a good chance that you could be overweight. So just take that as fact. 70% of people that are overweight or obese, they're struggling with it because of sugar and simple carbohydrates, fast foods, refined white flour products, etc. right? So we have fat stores increasing in the body because of simple carbohydrate intake. It's just the fact. It's just the truth. And sugar is huge, and sugar is in everything. So it's getting a bad rap as it should get a bad rap. It's creating so much hell in our diet. People are consuming massive amounts of it. So let's get rid of it. It has a tendency to... um create skin issues, skin problems with some people. It just creates all, it can have sleep issues. People that eat sugar at night, they can have what's called the rebound effect. And at three o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, they're having a hard time getting back to sleep because of the sugar crash from eating sugar at night. So there's all kinds of negative effects of sugar that you want to be very concerned about. I'd say decrease it as much as you can. Um, Really quickly, I'm going to try to go to this next one. Every time my girlfriend and I fight, she shuts down completely, 100%. She won't talk to me. She runs. She won't pick up the phone. Actually, most of the time, she shuts her phone off, so I can't reach her. Is there any way to help us? This is huge because she's running big time. You know, if we cannot stand and deal with conflict, you cannot have a relationship. If I were in your situation, I would tell her that blatantly. And I'd set the boundary with a consequence. I'd say, listen, honey, when we get into a bad space, we've got to be able to keep the line of communication open. So here's the deal. If we continue to go into arguments and you shut down and shut your phone off so I can't reach you, we will have to first go get help, number one. And number two, if it continues, I will have to end the relationship. That's what I I know that's like a, a brutal consequence that I'm just telling you, but if you're not willing to do that, you're going to be sitting in chaos and drama your entire life, and who the hell wants that? But your role, sir, is the fact that you've put up with it. You said you've in, this, in the email you've been with her for five years. That's insanity. I would never encourage a client to stay with someone for five years who continues to shut their phone down and hang up and run away. That's just pure unhealthy. You're enabling her. 
you got to shatter that enabling and be willing to walk. You tuned in every Saturday to America's Positive Radio Show. Don't forget, every show is archived at talkdavid.com. Go there. Tell your friends. You can listen to them whenever you want to. I'm so glad you're with us. Be bold. Be strong. Be positive. Until next Saturday, rock on. I'm David Essel. Take care. Are you ready to radically change your life? Would you like to finally create the love, money, or body you've always wanted? I'm David Essel, iHeartRadio host and author, inviting you to join me for a one-day motivational seminar, Change Your Life Now, for only $27. Information at talkdavid.com. You'll get five hours packed with the latest information on goal achievement. Join us in person or via teleconference from anywhere in the USA. Visit talkdavid.com. Join the Change Your Life Now seminar Saturday, November 9th, only $27 at talkdavid.com.